All right, welcome. Welcome into the 121st episode of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, my favorite episode of the year, Island of Misfit Players. We're going to go over some players that are forgotten or their value is in the dumpster right now, and we think it can go exponentially higher. Uh, again, my favorite episode after uh, Rudolph, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the Island of Misfit Toys, Island of Misfit Players, players that are just forgotten about. We have a great show for you today. Uh, we have a special guest, Big Al from our Dynasty League. He's been on the podcast a couple times. Happy to have him back. He's got great insights uh, and a different lens to look at Dynasty through. Uh, the gang's back together. Took a week off. We're ready to get rolling on the offseason. Let's get into the episode right now. Episode 121. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts. Here we go. Episode 121 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, whoever you may be. However, you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, welcome back. We took a week off after the fantasy playoffs. Rest, recharge, first time we missed a show in a little bit. We're all back. I feel like everyone in the world's really sick. We were all pretty sick last week. But you know what? We're stoked to get into the offseason. It's officially the offseason. We're excited. We're happy you're with us. We got the regular guys here, Max, is up in the land with Super Producer, and we have a guest. Uh, it's been a while since this guest has been on the podcast, maybe a little bit over a year. Long time Mike Vrabel Dynasty member, one of the inaugural members of our most important Dynasty League, the potato himself, Alex Whiteman is here. Alex, you want to reintroduce yourself to the audience? What's going on, Dynasty Monarchy? Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here, excited to be with the boys. Glad you're all feeling better. Let's get into it. Super producer, how are we doing? Doing good, man. Like you said, um, rested up. I think that week break honestly did me some good. I'm ready to get into the off season. I was saying to you guys, it's probably my favorite part of dynasty fantasy football because you know that's what separates it. We get to kind of um, grind film and just kind of look at these guys coming into the draft. And I, you know, I'm hyped that Alex is on for the uh, the episode here, and I think we have a banger planned, honestly. We have a great show for you guys today. Just wanted to touch base. We saw Philly go down, Dallas go down. I know we usually do a little pop culture, but just to keep the theme of, of football going, especially in the uh, actual NFL playoffs, I want you guys to tell me the most disappointing loss you saw this weekend. Was it the Browns? Was it the Cowboys, Eagles, or name another loss that you saw? Um. I would probably have to say the Browns. I'm, I'm pretty biased there, but I think they got blown out the largest this weekend. You throw two pick sixes, that's going to happen. Uh, you, you, a lot of injuries. There's no excuses. It's playoff football. I thought they were ready for it. Obviously, they weren't. Um, I think last year, Nick C and I were talking. Next year is probably the last year with this team in this window, so should be interesting. But I'll popcorn it to uh, Mr. Seaman. Yeah, I mean, that's my answer, too. The Browns, I lost a lot of money. I was planning on going swimming in Lake Erie afterwards because of it, but <laughs> cooler heads prevailed. But yeah, man, that was just pitiful to watch. But hey, man, there's always next year. There is always next year coming from the Jets fan. Big Al, most yeah, disappointing man, I mean, loss. I agree for sure. Like the Browns, that sucks. But honestly, it's the Eagles. It's it's their fall from grace was incredible. I mean, you watch, if you look back at the NFL, I forget who posted, maybe ESPN, but the power rankings throughout the whole season, the Eagles are probably like top five through like week 11. And then week 13 yeah. and on, they just plummeted, man. I think they're like bottom 15 in the league. And then they lose the Bucks, and you only have one touchdown on a high powered offense. Come on. And it's just insult to insult to injury, the tush push gets stopped at the one yard line. Yeah. Tush push just, gets stopped. I mean, it's just a flop, man, against the Bucks, too. Yeah. A lot of interesting players with their futures uncertain in Philadelphia, as well as the Browns. And we're going to be here for you all offseason to talk you through it uh, for all the dynasty owners out there. I want to talk about the Cowboys. That uh, If anybody knows the word Schadenfreund, like this, uh, it's a German word. It means like pleasure in someone else's pain. That was so much. I had so much shot in front of me and my dad. 
as so like horribly bad Jets fans, we really don't get a lot of time to be happy about football together. So we were sitting on the couch watching the Cowboys lose, and I was just giving my dad a hug, and we were laughing our butts off at Jerry Jones in the in the owner's box. It was it was glorious. A uh, lot of things going to happen in Dallas. Bill Belichick, who knows? We'll get into the episode right now, though. All right, before we get into reports, wanted to give a special shout out to Super Producer over on the Twitter page at Dynasty Monarchy. We just saw a poll go up today. Super Producer, I believe you got this trade offered to you. You want to tell the people what it was and uh, kind of give a, the Twitter a little plug really quick? Always try to stay active on there, post different trade polls and stuff that, you know, I'm seeing, these guys are seeing in uh, all of our different leagues and whatnot. So this one happened to be in our home league. And so this is a one quarterback dynasty half PPR trade. The one side receives Stefan Diggs and a mid 2025 second round pick. And then the other side is Rishi Rice. I actually declined this trade. I thought it was a pretty interesting one, just given the different values. And I mean, imagine talking about this trade at the beginning of the season because you'd sound oh, like yeah. Mad Men. Super producer, what's the, the poll looking like right now? What's the split? Do you have it up? Yeah, so it's 65% for Rishi Rice, 35% for the dig side. Yeah, I think that trade can definitely go through in some of your leagues if you're trying to go hunt for the Chiefs wide receiver one right now. He's been putting up monster, monster, monster games. These are insights you're finding on our Twitter page, at Dynasty Monarchy over there on Twitter, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y over on Twitter. Let's get into reports. All right, A.J. Brown injured and the uncertainty around the Philadelphia Eagles. I just wanted to have a quick conversation about the state of the union in Philadelphia. Alex, as a former and new resident of Philadelphia, I feel like you can talk about where the Eagles are at currently and their their assets moving forward a little bit. I mean, they have one of the best offices in the league, hands down. On paper, like, no one really beats the Eagles. Then you have Jalen squad and 600 freaking pounds, like, and that offensive line, it's just a recipe for success. And then you throw in the offensive coordinator compared to last year and the numbers that that offense put up, it's night and day difference. And you see that from, like I was talking about, week 13 on and in the playoff game, you scored one touchdown against the Buccaneers. There's a team that was letting people score on them like crazy, having shootouts like no other team. And yet the Eagles scored one touchdown. So I just think, I mean, if I'm A.J. Brown – or just that offensive coordinator in general, I got to figure out a way how to get the ball to my playmakers more. Devonta Smith, Goddard, I mean, you have the best, one of the best receiver core in the league. Big Al, I've been I've been hearing rumblings and baseless claims, but rumblings about A.J. Brown being very unhappy in Philadelphia. And I, like something to keep an eye out on would be his trade market this offseason, especially if a team can get like a mid-first round pick and this is a great wide receiver draft. So... Anyone between, you know, the 10th pick to the XYZ pick, uh, 10th to like 16th pick, wanted to go get an elite number one wide receiver who's still young, I wouldn't doubt that he gets moved. Yeah. I mean, if I'm the Chiefs or the Bills, I get, I think I go target him or I target T. Higgins. I target these top receivers who are going to be free agents or looking for a trade, a different team. Because you add a caliber player like A.J. Brown to your team with Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, bro, sky's the limit. So, Super Producer, we mentioned this on the podcast two weeks ago now, but our last episode, we were talking about DeAndre Swift being a sell. And looking at these Eagles players that you're holding on to, Dallas Goddard, Smith is probably as safe. Smith and uh, Hertz are probably just the safe assets. But any other assets on that team that you're holding, I'm not extremely confident in this offseason. I'd rather trade them and buy them back for a slight premium than hold on to an asset that could really not go well. Like I would trade AJ Brown for where he's at right now. I feel like we're near the peak of his value given his age right now. There's a lot of players that I'm, I'm a little bit more nervous about in Philadelphia as a, as a long-term hold this off season. I feel like I can always buy them back right before the season for around the same price. If nothing changes. I'll say this. I think we skipped over this point. Philly's arguably best player just retired. And yeah, definitely. 
I think that they're going to go through a lot of changes with offseason. I don't know if Sirianni is going to be there. I don't think Ben Johnson's there. Matt Patricia stinks. He doesn't call the players. I don't know what he's doing there. Um, their, their corners are some of the – I mean, Sarah Slay has old. good games. Their but corners like, are old. Bradbury. I mean, you see it last night. And, like, Baker Mayfield throws for over 300 yards on you. Baker's – he's a fine player. He, he's a number one overall pick, but he's, he's Baker Mayfield. Um He's hot right now, though. You got to give credit with credit. No, Baker's been balling. Baker's been playing some great ball. I will say this: I don't think you sell Swift just because like his value is like really low. Like I mean, unless you can get like two hundred one or like a mid, like a two hundred three and on for Swift, I think I would sell. But like I'm not selling Swift for like two hundred six and like taking the chance. I don't know. And I also think that a lot's going to change. And last year, like we had all these guys who were really high on. I mean, Rashi Rice, Jaden Reed. Sam Laporta, all these guys, and they all went to like these quote unquote trash landing spots. And then you could scoop them in the third round, like Mr. C did, and then just make profit. And it's terrible to see for like a league what you're in Mr. C with because he just keeps making profit when he shouldn't be. So it's terrible. I, I'm waiting for the day where you guys acknowledge that third round picks matter. <laughs> That's all they I got to say. <laughs> they don't matter. Maybe they matter to you because you hit on them so, so frequently, but they don't matter to me. Mr. C, you know what keep trade cut says, man. Three thirds equals equals uh Amon Ross and Brown. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I mean going into I guess what you were saying, Max, with Swift. I, I own Swift in a couple leagues and I I feel the same way as you. I feel like I'm not gonna trade him unless it's multiple second round picks. And even that I'd probably feel gross about it, but it's probably the right move. I feel like at this point, though, nobody I, I've tried to gauge interest with a couple of different people and nobody's biting on the bait. They just want to see where the running back market plays out. I feel like that's going to be the case for a lot of these, yeah. you know, upcoming free agent guys like Pollard, you know, Swift. Um, You know, you're just going to have it's to gonna be, play the waiting game. It's going to be really interesting. Super producer and I were were talking about this literally a couple hours ago, just how the, the running backs in this draft, there's no like premier elite back and the depth really isn't going to be a world beater so a guy like swift a guy like pollard actually might have value in free agency a little bit but it's still too too risky way 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 too risky to hold on to any of those guys especially as they're getting towards that 25 26 age when they should be in their prime but teams are letting them walk there's a good question then what how do you value them as the best young backs that there are in the league, the youngest backs, how do you value them with this year's draft? I, I think the way that I would look at it, I don't like investing in young running backs unless you're willing, like you're like teetering on the edge, like ready to make like a deep run. I don't like investing in young running backs. There's too many problems that can happen. They're, they get banged up so frequently over the last five years. There's probably been six or seven quote unquote RB ones for dynasty, right? And their values fluctuate so much. And over the last four years, it's just been Jefferson or Chase. And it's just like fluctuating. So the way that I would look at it, obviously I'd rather have those guys than anyone in the draft. Anyone, and I, I truly mean that. Like even if somebody hits super late and I look like an absolute ASS hole, right? I, I, I will stand on my hill. Like those guys are as good as they come. But I'd rather go pay for Pacheco. I'd rather go pay for Henry, Derek Henry, wherever, see wherever he lands, just because I'm not going to go shell two and a half first for a running back that could end up blowing his knee out and then having a Javonta Williams campaign. I don't know, Pete. I feel like if your window's like next year, two years, three years, Gibbs is 22, 23 years old. Like we saw what Detroit can do. Like Gibbs is one of those running backs. I'm fine going to buy. I don't think you can even buy him for two and a half first. Where it's like, yeah, you think he's more. Yes. You think he's worth more than two and a half first. So you're thinking like three and a half. Probably. Based on so the running back classes coming in, yes. So really quick, you would value him similar to Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Not not the same. Obviously, those guys are worth more, but you'd value him like right there. He's neck and neck in the race. I, I would agree. I, I really do think so. I think those guys, and it's like when you look at it and you look at the wide receiver room, yes, those guys are great and they can put up insane numbers, right? But at the same time, you can go out and get a guy like Tank Dell, who we'll talk about later, Terry McLaurin, who has a thousand yard seasons, um, 
DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans is dirt cheap. Michael Pittman, T. Yep. Higgins, all there's so many wide receivers. Keenan right? Allen. Keenan Allen is another great example. Whereas like you could go out, you could invest heavily in the running back position of like Jameer Gibbs. If you have Jameer Gibbs and Bijan, then you go out and just get old wide receivers like Devontae Diggs and Keenan Allen. You'll probably win the league, you know? So I don't know. Like I'm fine investing in a running back if I'm going for the next one, two years. But if I'm waiting, my window like just started and I'm rebuilding, no, I'm not gonna go buy like Tony Pollard. Yeah. My other argument, Peter, is like the younger the back, the less wear and tear they have in the league and many hits they're taking. Like if you really yeah, want a running back, why don't go for Derrick Henry? Go for someone who's a little bit younger and still has that talent, like amazing ability, especially like a guy like Bijan, who's on a terrible offense and had a really bad year for what he was hyped up to be. You still see the talent. He passes the eye test no matter what game or how he's playing, how many touches he gets. Every time he touches the ball, man, he's explosive. So I'd rather pay for a young guy who's taking less hits and has more potential than a guy like Pollard who had a rough year and he's already 27 and taking how many hits in the NFL? Yeah, but it's it's all about value, right? So it's like I think, Super Producer, correct me if I'm wrong, like if somebody came up to you with 204, 203, would you trade Pollard? I think you probably would, or it would be close enough where you could kind of negotiate a deal, right? But I would have to pay five times that for Gibbs for, you know, a question mark of productivity given injury. That's the problem that I have with like giving up all this stuff. Uh, if you're ready to go and you have a lot of first hanging around, it's not the worst investment. But if you're if you're ready to go and you're bargain binning for depth, I'd rather have Isaiah Pacheco and a depth wide receiver than go out and get Jameer Gibbs and have no depth. All right, final talking point for reports. Wanted to talk about the Packers. A lot of young pieces over here. Christian Watson, my guy, so I'll abstain from hyping him up. I've been getting uh, some flack from Mr. Max on hyping my guys up. He was coming off a, a injury. That's why he didn't play as much. But there's a lot of assets in Green Bay, and there's not a lot of clarity on who the number one is, who the number two is, or even who the number three is on that offense. And we know with the hype right now, you're probably able to sell some of these guys at a really good profit. Mr. C, I know you have a couple guys. Max has one of the guys. I wanted to get your opinions here for our listeners on Green Bay assets right now with there still being uncertainty, you probably need to move them before this 49ers game. No, you're, you're so right. And especially like I just traded max Jaden Reed for the two Oh three in this upcoming draft. And that's kind of how I feel about all of these guys. I'm not necessarily blown away by Dobbs or by Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, must guy must. Yeah. I mean, craft i was thinking about it in the car like on my way home today there's really no guys here where i feel so strongly about that i'm gonna buy in whether that's reed i'm buying reed for a first or watson for a first even dobbs i mean there might be some people trying to buy him for a first i just am not there yet especially because i feel like the packers know that their window is probably just starting to open up here and mm -hmm. I, I just have a feeling they're going to go out and try to get some marquee assets at receiver. I mean, they have all young guys across the yeah, board. Yeah. They need some veteran presence and everything. So I, you know, I would be hesitant kind of investing into uh, these Packers skill positions, honestly. Awesome. All right. Here, here comes Kramer, JFD. What's up? What is up, Monarchs? Um, there's actually one Packers receiver that I love. And I don't think he gets enough appreciation. And that's Dontavian Wicks. I mean, I think he kind of gets overshadowed by the other guys. I think he's a young talent. Um, and in my opinion, he's kind of one of those guys that flies just under the radar enough but could break out that, you know, if you're trading, got a big trade going on, you know, you could throw him in there. Just be like, oh, yeah, like, give me a little bit more. I'll take Wicks. Just throw him in there or something. And people would probably just throw him away as, like, almost worthless. But I – I think he's talented. I do. I think he could play a big part. That Packers offense is looking good uh, as the postseason goes on. So I love me some Wicks. Big Mason, quick, before you go, gun to your head. Wicks or a mid-second round pick? Dude, I'm going to take my boy Wicks here. There you it's go. Like, That's how you know. He's passionate. I'm, I'm a Wicks guy. I like him. I think he's good. But like I said, I think if you're trading, I think he could be a good throw-in piece. Like, oh, you just throw in Wicks. Just uh, see what he's worth, you know? I bet most people don't value him too high, I bet.
I think the Packers wide receiver room is very interesting. Um, I, I have been going back and forth about this with Nisser C for, it feels like weeks. I mean, the sky values Packers wide receiver. I think Nick C just values any trade pieces, uh, gold, same with Peter. Uh, maybe I just value trade pieces too low, but um, there's no like one guy there. It's like, oh yeah, he's the alpha, you know, it's all, oh, he's going to get the targets, whatever it is. Like, no, not Dontavian, but you can get a, the Christian Watson's going to have his games. Romeo Dobbs is going to have his games. Uh, Jaden Reed's going to have his games and they're all very Dontavian Wicks, even Mason. Like they're all very young. They're all going to have their games that go back and forth. And it's just like right now on my team, I have Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs. It's just like, I would rather invest in them right now where they are and where Jordan Love is. And if one of them gets hurt next year and the other one pops off, like you could two, three X your ROI. I think they're just really good depth pieces that you could play at like a flex if you need something like that. So to me, they're just mid wide receivers. Um, but I mean, Jaden Reed and finish. Mr. C, you could read a stats. You, you love reading them to me. Oh yeah. I mean, he had the receptions record for rookie uh, Packers receivers. That was it, but I, you know, he had a ton of touchdown stuff too, which kind of buoyed his value. I feel like, but yeah, he had the the reception record for rookies there. All right. So last talking point on the Packers, because again, this is really important. I just want from everyone here: Are you selling these assets, or are you buying Packers assets? I think everyone should be saying sell, but I want to hear it from you guys. Yeah, I'm selling for sure. I'm buying. Max is buying. You, it depends how you value Jordan Love. If you think Jordan Love's the truth, you think he's the guy. Like he's I mean, he showed over the past like seven weeks for sure. And then against the Cowboys at Dallas, if you believe in him, I'd say you buy. All right. If you don't sell. All right. And in true Dynasty Monarchy fashion, it's a split vote. So gotta love it. Let's keep moving on. Our Island of Misfit players, my favorite episode of the year. All right, this is three years running, I believe. We've had the Island of Misfit players. Essentially, if anybody's seen Rudolph, they go to the Island of Misfit toys. You know, they have the water gun that shoots jelly. They have the the train that has square wheels. Uh, it's uh, instead of a Jack in the box, it's a Charlie in the box. All these players, or sorry, all these toys that have been discarded, pushed to the side because they're not good enough. But when you really give them a chance, they're a lot of fun. We're going to look at some players in Dynasty really quick that have been cast to the side by the community that can next year really improve your team and really help. And you can get them on a discount because people have either forgotten about them or don't care enough to put them on their rosters. Let's jump off. Super producer, I know you have a couple picks that you're really passionate about. Off the rip, just give us one and we'll go around. All right. Sounds good, man. I'm going to start us off with Terry McLaurin here. I think he has to be a very good buy for competitors right now. I feel like you can get him pretty cheap. I just think, I mean, Washington's obviously going to get one of Drake May or Caleb Williams, and that's going to be Terry's best quarterback that he's ever had. So I think even though rookie quarterbacks, you know, historically have not been able to produce top receivers this past season, it's been kind of changing. I mean, we saw CJ Stroud, absolutely like destroy with Nico Collins tank Dell and then Bryce Young even buoyed Adam Thielen to like a top five receiver earlier in the season yeah, 100% so I, whether that's anecdotal evidence or whatever you want to call it I don't know I think the league is obviously more pass happy than it's ever been I think Harry could get a guy that you know he could pop off and he had 130 targets in three of his last four years, a thousand yards in his last four years consecutively. And then this past season, he was top 10 in total route wins. So this should tell you like Terry is not washed. He's just has bad quarterback play. Yeah. Sam Howell was lighting it up here and there, but like, I think if he gets an upgrade at quarterback, which he's going to get in the uh, NFL draft here, Terry could easily just go right back to a first, first and a second value. Um, I, so I do have a couple of trades that I would make for Terry. I mean, I would just send an early second straight up for Terry. I feel like that one could be close to going through. I would also send Jamison Williams just straight up for Terry McLaurin. Like if I'm a competitor, obviously that's probably the only way I would be trading for Terry here. So it's kind of through that lens, but 
Uh, Jalen Warren is another one. I would just send that one. And then maybe Calvin Ridley plus a little bit on top. I just think Terry's a really good buy right now. People are probably sick of having him on their rosters and you can get him for probably dirt cheap. It's funny you say that because I've been trying to get him from uh, somebody in Mike B who has him. I got to trade in the inbox. So Kev, when you, when you listen to this episode, I'm sure we'll have traded by then. Um, we're just waiting to see you online and active and we'll make the trade happen. But uh, I love this play, Mr. C. The only thing that scares me of Terry is probably just his age. He's a little older. I think he's 29 right now, or he's going to be 29. Yeah, he definitely season. is. So, I mean, been in the league about the same amount of time as DK Metcalf and all those guys. He just was a little late bloomer. So, the age is a little scary, but I think it will help. And, I mean, he's got two, three years probably left in him at least. Terry has shown flashes again. Like, he's just been inconsistent. I think that really depends on his offense and the quarterback play especially. Obviously, Sam Howell, I think – really has a lot of potential. He's just so inconsistent. And he's had some amazing games, throwing over 300 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, and Terry has balled out when he's been throwing the ball and been trusted. And I think that's been the biggest issue is the trust. And then you throw in, like, all the offseason stuff with the commanders, the owners, just all the drama that happens with the commanders. It's not a recipe for success, unfortunately, for his career at least. So, but Terry, if you're willing and you have the pieces and you think – that they're going to invest or that, you know, they, they draft a quarterback. I think go for it, man. He's one of my favorite depth pieces to go after. If you're a competitor, just send any second and it could go through in your league, even like a mid second, I can see it definitely go through. So especially if you just need that depth, especially like flex wide receiver two depth, or you have guys like uh, somebody I'm going to talk about too. Uh, my second option, I won't go super in depth with them, but like Mike Williams, there are players that are out there that are not consistent for your lineups. And if you're banking on them to be, to be a number two or a flex, it's always better to have more depth and be be able to like flex and move off of players. So I love, love, love Terry for a flex to depth piece for competitors this upcoming season. And it's, it's sad that Terry will never be on Peter's team because Peter will never be competing. But um, there you go. Maybe one day Peter will get some players that are decent. All right. Big Al, wanted to hear yours. I know uh, we cut you off a little bit earlier. So my Mr. player is T. Higgins. I hope for his career, for his sake, that he gets out of Cincinnati because he is an incredible wide receiver. I think he is, I don't know, ability-wise and talent-wise, I really think that he's top ten, And he's overshadowed by Jamar Chase. But even with Jamar, he's still putting up wide receiver two numbers with one of the best receivers in the league, and he's still getting targeted, like, I mean, even when Joe Burrow in the beginning of the season, I think he was averaging like six six or seven targets a game with Jamar Chase. So, um, it, obviously, it depends where he lands. If he goes to Kansas City, I think that's the best landing spot, obviously. Patrick Mahomes with wide receiver one. T. Higgins, I mean, that's a combination that is probably going to take over the league. And then you have Rasheed Rice, too. Look out. But it, even if he stays in – uh, Cincinnati, he's still getting enough target shares and he's going to be great. I think Joe Burrow and Bengals really take a step forward this year. They took at least three steps back this year and it's unfortunate to watch, but I think next year is really the year that you're going to see taking the ball out if he stays with the Bengals. Yeah, big out. He's a great player because everyone thinks when they think of T. Higgins, they think, oh, he's, you know, worth a first round pick. What are you saying? He's a misfit. He's a guy that has two and a half round first pick talent three first yeah. round pick talent and you're able to buy him at that discount. I feel like right now it's like at a first and a half to like a mid first and shout out Jace over in Arizona. He, that's one of his boys. What do you think is fair right now for T Higgins, especially given that he is more talented than his value is saying right now. It's such a tough one. I mean, I would say I probably like two late first round picks, honestly. Still, even though like 11 and 12, you think you could get them for 11 and 12? I mean, I don't think so. Honestly, it would have to be probably like 107 and maybe like a future first. I I, dude, that's the thing with T people who have T Higgins, they value him like he is, like you're saying, Mac or Alex, that top 10, you know, wide receiver when he really hasn't produced it. So that's where the tough conundrum comes in, where it's like, are you going to really spend two and a half second round picks on a dude who puts up wide receiver 20 every year? But that's where we've been talking about it. And like, I understand the talent and the opportunity he has to go to a different team. Yeah. But like, you're probably going to have to pay two and a half picks to get them like two and a half first. 
the the way I kind of look at him, I loved, 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 loved DJ Moore. And all he ever was was talent. And every time you got to see him play, he would have explosive games, but he just wouldn't get the touchdown upside. So it dampened his value. But when you watched him play, that eye test always worked and you knew he was great. This season, he had a phenomenal season with Justin Fields. And we know what he's like as an alpha on a mid to decent offense, right? I think it's a very similar situation with T. Higgins. We know he's good. His targets get cut when he is the wide receiver one on that offense. He has monster games, right? So it's all about if you invest in him, if you can get him on a dip from an owner that is malcontent, trying to do X, Y, Z, or get a complete rebuild, trying to shuffle assets around. If you can get them for one and a half value, I think you have to do that every day of the week and twice on Sunday because as a wide receiver two, he is worth one and a half, but as a wide receiver one somewhere else, look out. I will say this as well. Like you bring up a good point, Peter, like DJ Moore and all these guys, like, yeah, there's everyone's like, oh, what if T Higgins goes to Kansas City? Like, oh, that'd, that'd be great. You know, I don't like, need him to go to Kansas City. I don't really need him to go to Kansas City, man. He could go to Carolina for all I care and be Bryce Young's wide receiver one and Bryce Young could pepper him with target. Like, really, I mean, there's not like a bad spot. And even like the worst case scenario in my mind is, oh, Cincinnati franchise tags and he stays there. When he plays and when he's healthy, he still puts up like wide receiver 20, 24 numbers. He's still like a mid wide receiver two flex piece. Still and young. Then, and he's still like 24 years old. So going to be 25 by the time this episode comes out. But yes, I will say this as well. All, there's a lot of wide receivers this year that are, you could buy them now and they could be worth two X. You could buy them now and they could be worth half their value. I mean, T Higgins, Michael Pittman, any of these free agent guys where they're going to go somewhere, they're going to get the bag and it's going to be interesting. All right. What if, what if T Higgins lands in uh, New England? What if he lands on the Patriots? How do you value him? His value would definitely go down, but he's without a doubt the most talented receiver they've had there since Randy Moss. So, and, and I don't I, think, oh, sorry. I think it would remain the same or similar. I, I just don't think they would trade for T. Higgins and roll out Max Jones. Like they would have a quarterback as well. Like New England's not going to sit here. Robert Kraft's not going to settle for mid or average anymore. Like he's going to want to compete, whether that's Shane Daniels, whether that's Penix, whoever that might be. You get Penix with T. Higgins. Sign me up. I don't care. Great, great guy to bring up, Alex. I love him as a misfit player because he has kind of been forgotten. All right, Mr. Max, out of nowhere, has decided he wants to send me a trade. We're recording it special for all of you. Max, league parameters and your offer. Yep, Pete, absolutely. And then hopefully you could either accept this offer or counter um, by the end of the podcast or after break. Uh, but it's a 12-team, full-point PPR, super flex league. You have a pretty solid squad here, I might say. Um, I, I think Peter has a good team. But I think that this offer will help him get over the top. And I'm prepared to offer you Lamar Jackson, the MVP of the league. Um, the MVP. Um, Cole Komet. He trusts. He trusts. Lamar trusts. Lamar Jackson, Cole Komet, and 201. Okay, two hundred one basically first. That's right, Pete. For Deshaun Watson, Trey McBride. You lost me. And Javante. But continue. Uh, You lost me, Max. You don't like that? I think Trey. I think Trey has just scratched his ceiling. Like he can punch through it, is what I'm saying. It's like one of those ones from school where you could like hide stuff above it. Like, it's not a real ceiling. He's going to burst through that. Uh, I think right now he's probably worth one first, maybe a first and a half. Um, I think Trey McBride's probably worth anywhere from 107 to 109 right now, just straight up. And then Watson, I think, has a good comeback year. Javonta Williams, I need running back depth on my team. I appreciate the offer, Mr. Max, but it's not what my team's looking for right now. Would you do Lamar for Watson and Trey McBride? Probably not, but it would hurt. it, would, it hurts to do that. All right, Mr. Max, your player, your Island of Misfit player, player. Say that 10 times fast. I'm going to the well, man. I I, I hate this well. I, I go here every year, and I can't get off it. And maybe this is the year I have to get off it. I don't know. Maybe you guys can talk me off this island, but I'm going back to it. Uh, Jerry Judy. Has to be. It has I, to I be his turn. It. it has to be, right? He's almost due. I think his turn's up on the carousel. He's ready for a quarterback. He's ready for a big jump. 
Russell Wilson's out. Jerry Judy's out. Denver's rebuilding. This guy was a number one round wide receiver, man. He's so shown the Ruggs. flashes. Like he's shown the flashes. He has the route. He's a route running technician. He's not a bad player, man. He really isn't. He just needs a chance. And I mean, we saw it at the end of last year. I mean, at the end of last year, 16, 18, got hurt. 10, 33, 14, 17, 10, 24. Like we've we've seen it from him. And this we definitely year, have. It's just a dud. So like he's one of those guys where, like Terry McLaurin, I, I think he's similar value. He's probably cheaper than Terry McLaurin, honestly. He's he's done less than Terry McLaurin. So you could get him probably for like a late second, maybe in like a Demario Douglas or something like that. I don't know. Or I mean, I'd rather have him than JMO. I would rather have I can I can see that. Okay. And I'm the biggest JMO supporter. I'd rather have Jerry Judy than Cortland Sutton at this point, truthfully. He's three years younger. Yeah. And I know he's not going to be stuck in Denver without Russell Wilson. And I don't want Phoenix throwing him the ball. So I don't know. What was? Whoa, what did you say? Phoenix. Phoenix with an X, not an S, you dirty man. I'm sorry. I guess my mind was wandering. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm I'm stuck on the well. I, I can't get off it, and I'm buying everywhere I can. So Jerry Judy is my plan. Honestly, see Judy landing in Kansas City. I feel like that's like you know what I'm saying. Like that's the type of receiver that they kind of recruit. At least I feel like Marquise Valdez Scantling, like um, Tony. You know, I, I don't think he would get traded in division. He's not a free agent. No way. But I think he's similar to Rashi Rice in a good offense, where it's like he's not going to absolutely torch teams. We know that if he was going to do that, it would have happened this year, right? It would have happened with the good quarterback or like above average, decent quarterback. He's not going to be a world beater. He's never going to be a top 12 wide receiver. We're, we're not going to find that upside from him, but you can find a serviceable flex to wide receiver two anywhere between that, like 20 to 30 range wide receiver, 20 to wide receiver 30 in the right offense. I think it can absolutely happen if he gets traded to a better situation where he's the number two. I think if he's a number two receiver and a true number two receiver, I think he can have a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, productivity and a decent offense. Like I would look at him with the Bears. Let's say the Bears take Caleb Williams one, someone else at the nine pick. DJ Moore's the one there, but then they have Jerry Judy as that wide receiver two to really like hunker down that wide receiver room. I could see him absolutely having a great year or X, Y, Z. You need to put him as a wide receiver two in your offense and he could have a lot of value. I love this. Love this max. I think you could get him for a second easily. Would you, would you say that he's wide receiver two right now in Denver? I think it's, it's more like a one, a one B. Right. Because so Sutton, saying... Sutton and him are such different prototypical wide receivers. So you're saying if he had a, like a true alpha wide receiver, and he was yeah. a wide receiver two under them. He would do better compared to Cortland right now, where it's exactly like a little bit better. So almost exactly. like a Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley situation. Exactly. It would be you know similar. And I look at it like this. And I'm not putting Smith down because I think Smith's great. AJ Brown is clearly the number one there, right? And Smith feasts because he's the number two. But we've seen Smith do well as the number one, right? So, but what I'm saying is, as that number two, kind of like a Juju Smith-Schuster when he was in Pittsburgh. Yeah. where he can be really good. That's like his ceiling, I think, for Judy. But I think he can be as good as wide receiver 20, maybe at like his peak wide receiver 16 if the touchdown upside goes his way. But he's an absolute buy for me this offseason, without a doubt. You're right, Max. Great, great, great buy. And someone that owners that have held him for a couple of years, they might just be really ready to get rid of him. And Mike Rabel, he's been shipped around. I don't even like FedEx package. I don't, I don't even know, man. He's like, he's just a little like throw in peace in every single trade. Get him to the pack and ship. Yeah. Get into my team, man. Get into my team. He's been on your team so many times and he's the most traded player in our league. Get him back. There's no debate. Okay. I'll be back. Super producer. Any comment <laughs> on Jerry Judy? Yeah. I don't know. Judy's a tough one for me to buy into, but like you said, though, at the value of paying like a late second, I mean, I'd buy from that. I, I'm not a guy who like I don't believe in Jerry Judy at all, really. But I, I would play the roll of the dice, right? That he finds a new situation that's better. He finds greener pastures, whatever the case for a late second round pick. I would definitely do that. Um, I don't know. It's so like 
it just brings me down because I was looking just all at his box score and it is just brutal, bro. Like he did not have a good really season is. at all this past year. Like he had such a terrible season, but Hey man, I get Denver was pretty much a dumpster fire since Russell got there. I don't know. Maybe he can do it somewhere else. I'm rooting for him, but I, I do feel a little bit like Steve Smith right now. Hey, I, I totally understand. And you know, Mixie, I know you play Fortnite. We play Fortnite. He just needs rebooted, man. He, he he needs a fresh start. He needs to get his reboot card, and someone's gonna go pick it up and get him in the game. So, and I hope he can get in at a good location. Like I hope we don't rebuild reboot him at Tilted Towers, but I hope we can rebuild him at like a Hazy Hillside. He could have his development and everything like that. So, great job, Max. Way to appeal to the younger audience. Absolutely, man. I, I mean, I'm stuck in the well and I can't get out. Hello, hello, Harry, Judy, Judy, Judy. <laughs> All right, now we're going to move into mine. I'm calling an audible. I'm going to go Omaha, Omaha here, little Peyton Manning. I was going to go with Jamison Williams. Again, everyone, after we're done with these deep dives and these players, we're just going to give a couple names that we like that uh, that would be good to buy into. I was going to go Jamison Williams, but we've talked about him way too much on this podcast. I love him. He's going to be my guy that I shout out at the end of the episode to buy for like a mid-second to a late second. This guy is dirt cheap, number one. This guy, you don't expect to be on your roster the whole year, number two. But this guy is going to be a great depth piece to a flex if you're competing next year. You can get him for some third-round picks. Mike Williams. Mike Williams, coming off ACL surgery. He's 29 years old. Everyone and their mama is going to want to sell. He's under contract this upcoming season. He's going to be with the Chargers. Quentin Johnston stinks. Keenan Allen is old. They will draft another receiver. Don't get me wrong. But I think Mike Williams, for the value of a third or a couple of third-round picks, is going to be worth it if you're competing. So I do have one. And I get you're saying, like, super dirt cheap, so it's really hard to nitpick this one. But I guess it's more of a question just how you think his production looks after, let's say, they draft Malik Neighbors with their first round pick or something like that. Do you think Mike Williams still is that number one alpha that he's always been really on that chargers offense and kind of puts neighbors on the back burner, kind of like they did with no, QJ absolutely not. or like, but I don't think they're going to draft neighbors. Okay. I, I really truly believe that we're going to look and you're going to see what's going to happen. Jim Harbaugh is going to go there. That's his number one choice. And the, uh, what are their names? The Spanos. I think it's Spanos family. The Spanos family would be stupid not to hire Jim Harbaugh. When Harbaugh goes there, something that's really important that he always stressed was a good offensive line. They have a decent line, but they're going to want to make sure they protect Herbert. They invested a first-round pick in Quentin Johnston. Keenan Allen is still good, and they know that the receiving core is not the issue with the team. That's not the problem. They need to rebuild the defense, and they need to fix it and shore up the offensive line. I don't think they're going to draft neighbors. If anything, maybe they draft Bowers, but I don't think they go and take another first-round wide receiver. No, and that's look, this fair. This is all speculation. This is all speculation. They could. They could absolutely do it, and they could cut Mike Williams. He could retire. But I just don't see it happening. And, and for the small amount of money you're investing, you can get a guy that is startable. He probably won't finish the season. He probably won't because we know Mike Williams loves to get hurt. I've done a complete 180 on him. For the value, you can't go wrong. You just know he's going to get hurt late third, couple late thirds. And you can get a couple games where he can be your flex and score, you know, 20 points and win you a game early in the year that actually matters down the stretch. It is interesting, though, Pete. And I, I do agree with you about Harbaugh. I agree with you about Mike Williams. And I agree with you on this whole situation. And I also agree that you're not going to win many games. So I like it, Pete. I just I don't I don't trust and I don't like investing in people who I know are going to get hurt, who have consistently got hurt. And he's already 29 and he just tore his ACL. Well, a third, I'd, I'd do it. Or like a throw-in third. That's what, that's what he's right. worth. There's no way he's worth more than that. And there's no way anybody that's holding on to him is going to hold on to him any longer. See, I might be running Nick C train here where I'd rather have a third-round pick and invest in a guy who has potentially a much higher ceiling. Like, you never know. You know what I'm saying? Like, you never know on a player. I'd rather take someone like that compared to what you're getting guaranteed with Mike Williams. who is It like has to be for a complete competitor. Weeks. You have to be a competitor that is trying to win this year. You yes, cannot okay. be any sort of rebuilder, obviously. I agree with In that. In a third-round pick, let's say it's anywhere from 306 to 312, 
you're really not getting a lot of upside. Maybe one or two guys in that entire round are going to hit. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I'm, just, I'm so anti-Mike Williams. It's crazy. Like, I mean, Believe me. Listen, big out. you're talking, you're preaching to the choir. I was like the king of hating Mike Williams. Mr. C knows. I refused to like him at all. I, I despised him. But I've done a complete 180. I, I'm reborn. I found Jesus. And his name is Mike Williams. <laughs> not get ahead of himself. I mean, I hope your team can be reborn too. I would love to see it for the compassion. It needs to be reborn. It's not a rebuild. It's a reboot, as uh, Colin Cowherd says. Reboot, as Max like says too, yeah. <laughs> there you go. All right, that wraps it up for mine. Super Producer has one more in detail. Then we're all going to list off a couple names of guys that we think are worth it. We're not going to go into a lot of detail, but Super Producer, I know you uh, want to talk about this guy. Sorry, man. I'm just chomping at the bit. And this is a guy that I like to pre-draft. And okay, Max is going to say that it's propaganda that I'm pumping up my own players like he did to PJ. But no, he would only say that to me. He would only say it, that to me, Mr. C. You it can is do what no it wrong. is. It is what it is. I think this guy has an opportunity here. He's actually a teammate of T. Higgins currently. It's Andre Yoshivas, and he plays on the Cincinnati Bengals currently. He didn't have a ton of opportunity uh, this season at all, but his athletic profile is there. He was the fifth highest athleticism score out of the last rookie class. Just to give you a preview, I mean, he ran 4-4-3, 40-yard dash. He's 6'3", 205. He was a track guy at Princeton, so I don't know if the dude can really play ball. He really hasn't seen the opportunity uh, this past season. He played in the last game. He scored like two touchdowns, I think. Um, but I don't know. I'm just looking at it as there's unrestricted free agents in Tyler Boyd and T Higgins. If they both leave, there's 174 vacated targets there. I think Boyd is for sure gone. T Higgins, we talked about him earlier. I think he's going to get franchise tagged, but either way, Tyler Boyd had 98 targets this past year. So if they can put Yoshivas into that role, I mean, may, not the slot role, but just to get him the targets there. I just wide receiver three to to four roll. I'm planting the flag here. Like this is a guy I liked a ton in the pre-draft process just because of his athletic profile. That's it. I'm just putting it out here because he's dirt cheap as a throw-in player, as any third round pick. I like I would trade probably 301 for him. That's just how I feel about it. And dude, if Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins both leave this season. We're going to be talking about trading a second for this guy. So I feel like it's a smart investment if he's out there on the waiver wire, maybe, or just as a throw in for a trade. But that's kind of how I feel. He's he's your A.T. Perry. He's your A.T. Perry, man. And shout out A.T. I'm not going to make the segment about me. He kind of scored 20 in his last game of the year. You know, I'm not going to go too far on that and hype myself up. But let's go to go to Mr. C really quick here. I like this guy coming out of the draft. I know you loved him. Super producer. He went from being a Princeton Tiger to being a Bengal. I don't know if there's much difference there, but I think with Joe Burrow, anytime anybody's going to be able to get a good quarterback and you're deep in that roster, that's what you want to invest in. If you are going to invest like a third round dart pick throw, you can't be doing that with Zach Wilson, uh, Xavier Gibson style. But I I do really like the profile of the guy. He was, he was phenomenal in the pre-draft process. Okay, there's going to be a huge target vacuum. I couldn't agree more, Nick. See, I didn't even heard the guy's name before. If if Boyd and T leave, even if just Boyd leaves, that leads, like you said, 98 receptions from just this year alone. And if you're six three and you run a four three four four three, bro, sky's the limit with Joe Burrow throwing you the ball. Yeah, I I think you can kind of draw a comparison to what happened with Shakir in Buffalo, where Cole Beasley kind of leaves. Stefan Diggs production kind of starts going down and they start working in more guys and Shakir's kind of turned it on. Not to say that he's lighting the world on fire or worth a first round pick or anything, but he's definitely getting reps and being an impact player, which can develop into something more a hundred percent. Yeah. And that's why, you know, I'm so passionate about just these types of guys, right? Like it's those bottom of the barrel dudes where you can scrape a little bit of value. Dumpster off. diving. That's that's what I love in Dynasty Fantasy Football. It's just having these guys on your roster that you could stash at the end of your bench and feel good about it, but it hurts when you drop them and then somebody picks them up and then they're Puka Nakua. But I'm not saying he's Puka Nakua, but you get what I'm saying. I was ready to use my waiver prio on Puka. I was so angry. I've been holding that number one waiver prio for years. I was about to use it on him. And then it looked like he was picked up the week before. Made me want to cry. It really did. Um. Mr. Max, 
Alex, super producer. Great segment. My favorite segment of the year. Let's just throw out some names. I'm going to start. Jamison Williams, definitely worth a second round pick. Anyone that you guys have as that like kind of dumpster dive, forgotten player that you want to bring some attention to right now. Another one for me is Deshaun Watson in Superflex Leagues. Yeah, that's why I'm not trading him to Max. I'm not pumping him up. I'm not trading him to Max. I really think he comes back strong. You'll text me after this episode and say, Mr. Max, I want to trade. And I'll say, Pete, I know you're serious now. So we'll see if that happens. Um, one of I, I think we talked about Terry. Uh, I like Jahan Dotson, too. I think he had a terrible year. He was mm-hmm. really hyped up Love going that. in the season. And I still believe in the talent and the situation there. Big Al, anyone? Yeah, I'm going to go Josh down, especially if Pittman leaves. I mean, yeah, that's a good one. He was already he, – he played very well when Michael Pittman was out for a little – I think those two or three games. And hopefully Anthony Richardson comes back and was, works a little bit more on throwing the ball versus running and taking all those hits. And Slang it, in the rock. Yeah. Him and Downs are both rookies this year, and they're coming back together, developing together. I think they're going to create some amazing chemistry if Pittman's gone. So it's a name to look out Super for. Super producer. So it's not a forgotten guy, but it may be a guy where we forget what his production looked like when he was on the field. And it is Anthony Richardson. Like you were saying, Alex, I mean, the dude was a phenom on the ground and that's the type of quarterback that wins you leagues, wins you weeks in super flex, especially in four point passing touchdown. I mean, it's such an advantage. Like I'm, I would pay up anywhere for Anthony Richardson, even if it's Watson plus a first I would pay for Richardson I don't even know if you could get that to go through but if you can get any type of discount I like I feel like Richardson is a, like a top five lock quarterback for this next season all right we want to say a special thank you to Alex Big Al longtime dynasty member of the Mike Vrabel League for coming on we love when our community members come on and people that listen to the podcast come on. So Alex, you gave such great contributions. I truly mean it. So we really appreciate you for coming on. Thanks, Pete. I appreciate that. You know, uh, maybe I'll look at your team a little less uh, criticism from that comment. So I appreciate it. Thanks guys for having me on. It was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and super producers given the fire emoji and the little, little claps emoji. This is cute. Um, but again, thank you so much everyone out there for listening. We again, thank Alex for popping on, taking some time out of his day to share his insights. Follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. Over on Twitter, super producer, like he mentioned earlier, always putting out polls, infographics, X, Y, Z over there on the Twitter. Again, appreciate you all for tuning in. We will see you next week as the offseason starts to creep forward a little bit at a time. I saw a gentleman at the time of recording, we're 100 days away from the NFL draft. All right. Bye, everyone. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.